What's up, guys? Uh, welcome back. First of all, you are listening to The Real Talk Show with none other than myself, me, and I. And oh, by the way, I actually have a very special guest on today, none other than Ooh. the man <laughs> himself, Kyer Wynn. How's it going, man? It's going well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, most definitely. My pleasure. My honor. So, you know, yeah, man. Uh, so you just moved back down um, here to uh, to Delaware, man, from New yes, York and everything. Yes. So, yeah. Well, what was the process with that, man? I mean, just because like not many people go from like New York to <laughs> Delaware. And it's kind of like if they go from New York to Delaware, it's like, wait, what are you doing? Yeah, um, it was a tough choice to make for sure. I had to weigh so many pros and cons to each. Uh, but what it came down to is I wanted to have more time to focus on my business and dedicate more time to my um, studies because I'm back in school now. So I figured why not move home, save some money, save some time, some stress, and just kind of get situated as I progress on to the next steps in my life and my career. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I I definitely understand that. And sometimes like, you know, you definitely want to move back home and kind of, um, you know, get to the things that you really want to get to. And, you know, it's also really good to be surrounded by family and yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. And everything, you know what I mean? There's nobody else that's truly going to support you the way your family does in and everything, you know what I mean? So other than yourself, but like, uh, and the other, the the only other people that you can really count on aside from number one, which is yourself is, Mm -hmm. you know, your family, at Mm -hmm. least, you know, that's Mm -hmm. how it's supposed to be. And I think you and I can definitely say that, which is great. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, but yeah, um, Uh, for those of you who don't know, Kyer and I go way back. We, <laughs> we go way, way back. back. Yeah, to the to the Abercrombie days, man. The yes. old flip flops and jeans. Yep, back <laughs> when that we we were part of the old the vintage Abercrombie. I know. Man. Now it's changed. Yeah, like, they don't have the models anymore. Yeah, it's very lax dress code. You can have facial hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember that when we always had to uh, shave and everything? I, I hated it. I remember coming in a couple of times. Like I actually remember when I first got hired. I remember they wouldn't take my picture and they wouldn't upload me in the system because they said I was too scruffy. Like wow. I got this thing like, yo, you got you got to shave that little bit of fuzz off your upper lip. Wow. See, I couldn't even grow any picture at the time, but still, you know. Yeah, it's like, it's like but you couldn't have anything. You no, couldn't have a nothing. speck of dust or nothing. nothing. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. But yeah. So, you know, it's just uh, it's interesting how that all works and uh, and everything. But yeah, times change. And um I haven't shopped there in in years either. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's not really the thing anymore. It was no, the thing back when it we was were very there. trendy. Yeah, back then. Yeah, now not so much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> now not so much. Now it's like an, I think at the one at the Christiana Mall. It's now an Abercrombie for kids, and it's like, you know, it used to wow. be like it's it used to be like when we were there it was like you know the high school 17 18 year olds and even people that were older were definitely yeah definitely you know, like college kids would shop yeah we're shopped there dressing there and it was like it was a thing there was this like this aura around it back then now <laughs> it's not i mean ever since certain things you know i guess the company and and whatnot but now it's not like that anymore and you know it's just it's a little crazy now and everything and now it's just like they're like 10 year olds i guess that are shopping there yeah. kind of like oh like i'm on my like my fourth grade type of fly shit right now you know <laughs> what i mean so it's just it's funny how that works and um and everything but yeah i also do want to say ladies and gentlemen there is Never a dull moment with Kyer. <laughs> Every time I think my life is boring, suddenly Kyer hits me up. It's usually, yo, I'm coming back down from New York. Let's go hang out. I'm like, okay, like, what are we going to do? Oh, yeah, we're going to go. I'm like, oh, okay, that, that's that's a, that's a big one there. Let's I go. always have some crazy plans for us. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's, it's always a lot of fun. So, you know. But, yeah. <clears throat> so, 
All right, let's get into uh, to this. So I yes. guess the, the title of or the, the topic that we're going to discuss today is the changing face of business uh, in America. So uh, you recently started uh, your own uh, business. Yes. Yeah, and, uh, and everything. So, um, so yeah, like tell us a little bit about that. I guess like maybe... I mean, first of all, like some of the things that like maybe uh, inspired you to uh, to do that and like, you know, I guess living in New York, because I guess it it all originated mm-hmm. when you were in New York and, yeah. you know, you yeah. were doing things in school uh, and, and everything at the time. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, funny enough, um, I started my bachelor's degree uh, with my major as legal studies, which is kind of like pre-law, you know. Uh, set before you go into law school so I had in my mind I was going to go to law school be this lawyer whatever whatever so I did that I got a job at a federal court after graduation in 2016 Um, it was awesome for the time being I was learning so much about the law and how the court process worked then I got my master's in law and then I actually enrolled in law school and I did one and a half semesters of law school then I realized it wasn't for me um Kind of in between all that, I had had this idea to get into the cannabis industry. Um, now, growing up, I never used cannabis. In high school, I didn't smoke. I was a huge drinker, <laughs> but not a smoker. Uh, then I moved to New York, and I, you know, I met all these awesome people who kind of turned me on to different strands that um, relaxed me and like helped with my anxiety. So I started using, and so you know, um, I was like, you know, I wonder what other infos out there about cannabis because I was so like new and kind of naive to the cannabis world so I started doing my research I got a hold of this magazine it was strictly for cannabis business which is really cool um MJ biz if anyone cares <laughs> uh so then the breaking point to like really kind of get involved was when I was on vacation in Massachusetts, a very small town called Provincetown. It's this really cute, gay, like very progressive liberal town. It's it's actually kind of run by gay people, honestly. <laughs> but it's really fun. Uh, my friends and I go every 4th, 4th of July. And so I remember we went in 2016 after graduation. And then in 2017, we returned. And I remember being there and I had read in the news that on the uh, in the election of 2016, the state had legalized adult use marijuana or cannabis. Um, so I was like, "Hey, I wonder if there's a, a dispenser around here in this town." The town's like very small; it's like 9,000 people. It's very very small. So I was asking around for a dispensary, but no one can name one. Turns out there wasn't one inside at all. Um, the state had just legalized it, so there was no procedure on how to kind of set up a dispensary. Therefore, there were none uh, in that town. So I was like, well, hey, this might be a chance for me to get involved in this industry. And I mean, I love the town. You know, it was a great town. Awesome people. Um, I figured, why not start here with like a little small shop and go from there? So I took that idea, went back to New York and I was kind of talking to some friends about it. And they said, yeah, that's a dope idea. Like, you should really go for it. Then came time for me to kind of get my people together, like my team. So I was kind of trying to figure out who I should ask. And, you know, because obviously your fear is you have this big idea and you believe in it, but um, you need a team obviously behind you. But I was scared people might not believe in me or might not trust me to kind of lead this kind of operation. But funny enough, I found two awesome people, uh, two friends of mine who I met through um, working in the catering world in New York City while I was in uh, undergrad. 
uh, first person I I uh, went to was Ariana. She's actually a grower. She grew cannabis in California for a year and a half. So she did an entire outdoor grow like on acres. So she has like a lot of experience with the chemicals and caring to plants and plant knowledge. So I was like, I definitely need to have her on my team. Then there was um, my friend James, who was a chef um, where we worked, and I knew he had been doing infusions for a couple couple years. And I wanted to, you know, I went to him and said, "Hey, you know, would you want to like take this like to like a on a bigger scale, you know, like maybe like a storefront, you know, a kitchen and all that?" And he was like, "For sure." So I had them two together with me, and that's kind of how it started. So that began in 2017. We saw our first property in Massachusetts in 2018, I would say February. And so it kind of, that started the whole process um, of getting in the industry. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, that's a very, you know, that that's very inspiring. That's also a very long, like just, I mean, like a very lengthy process, most definitely. Yes. I mean, it was also like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, and it's, you know, it's amazing how these types of things, like one thing leads to another. And like, especially as soon as you get out of like your comfort zone, like, because mm-hmm. like you were mm-hmm. saying how like, you know, you, you never used to use before, whether you were in like middle school or high school by yeah. any means, but then once you, you know, you got to college, you got to, you know, a space where I guess things were a little bit more open, if you will. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you got to a spot where it was like, okay, like, you know, you're just like, you know, let me like, just like delve into this a little bit and let me try this uh, a, a little bit and everything. So, you know, now, obviously, you know, for you to want to start a business doing these, this type of stuff, uh, specifically cannabis, mm-hmm. you I obviously you yourself you like you enjoy it when yes you, yeah when you do it and yes everything. it definitely helps me get by yeah. <laughs> some days <laughs> yeah so is yeah. it is it more of like uh, I mean would you would you say that you do you do it specifically for like a um or is it both like a, a both a pleasure as well as like I need this at this particular uh, moment yeah. so like you're saying medical versus the adult use aspect of it like yeah what, what are my needs for it yeah um I would say for both actually I mean for the medical aspect I deal with anxiety all the time um you know I'm in school right now I'm starting my own business I'm home catering to my grandmother who's sick, you know, so I have a lot of that going on. Um, and then I also like at parties and hangouts and kickbacks. It's like, why not spark up, you know, a joint or have a pen handy, you know? Yeah. Um, either way, you know, you, you, you can use it for, you know, uh, I don't know. There's pleasure in, in both aspects. So yeah. I, w- I would say mostly I, I use it for the medical aspect, which is like that with my anxiety and such. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, if you can, you take us a little bit through like the the medical uh, mm-hmm. aspect of it, because I feel like there are a lot of people today that are still very ignorant yes. of these types of things. <laughs> Myself, a bit included, yes. and everything. Like, like I said, personally, I, I have no problems with anybody that like likes marijuana or mm-hmm. you know cannabis and likes to do. Um, things like that. I mean, like to each his own and, and everything. Personally, my thing is I like to drink. I mean, <laughs> I think we all like to drink. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You already know that. But it's like, yeah, like we, we all have our things. You yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in whatnot. And it's like, yeah, but like for, I guess for some people, you know, they think, oh, these people, you know, they're just here. They're, they're just trying to smoke up and they yeah. just want to, you know, they just want to fuck around. They want to yeah. dick around and dope around all day. There's and definitely, everything. yeah, there's definitely some stereotypes behind uh, cannabis users and, you know, actual cannabis. So it's unfortunate that that's where we are still. Um, but there's so many reasons to use it for for you know medical purposes. Um, one being anxiety, which I use it for, um, helps with stress. Um, it improves appetite. A lot of cancer patients get prescribed medical cannabis to help with their appetite because. 
to the chemo and all that, it can it can really hinder the uh, person's appetite. Um, one of our growers, she actually uses edibles out with her menstrual cycle, her you know her her period, so it helps with oh, the cramps. Wow. Yeah, I didn't um, even know that. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because well, when you do edibles, it's more of like a body effect, like yeah. a like a body high, so it helps ease the pain of that uh, cramping in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then recently, I learned that um, some strands actually kill colon cancer cells. Yeah, so I, I learned that in the assignment I did for my um for my program. Actually, my program is the first program in the entire country to issue a master's degree in cannabis science and therapeutics. Um, the University of Maryland, shout out to class of 2021. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Yeah, yeah so um, I've learned so much through that program and you know there's there's more to be discovered you know this isn't just the the um and this is the this is the beginning of the medical science of cannabis so yeah most definitely now like um now let, let me ask you this what in your opinion is the reason why because it's obviously you know i, I mean because you're not the first person that that's told me this and i mean i've even kind of researched it myself a little bit here and there just mm-hmm. on the web as far as the true the medical applications to this and how it is actually very helpful to a lot of people mm-hmm. i actually i have one of my best friends his mom is is on it all the time and everything like that you know what is she using for uh she it, me- medical uh, purposes she has uh she has a back injury and, oh and yeah yeah so yeah, like her that makes she, sense. yeah she has like chronic back pain yep you know and she uses it uh all the time and everything um you know to uh you know to kind of like i guess ease her pain uh and everything so it, you know it is it's it's really i guess medically or scientifically if you will it's been it ha- truly has been proven to be mm-hmm. a useful uh, product and uh, and everything in just easing people's pain and um, you know dealing with certain medical issues. The other thing too, though, is like it in itself comes from the earth. Like it yeah. is a natural yes. substance. It's, it's a natural like, herb. Yes, a natural remedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not it's not like cigarettes where it's like tobacco and it's like it's this or that or it's like I guess mm-hmm. or like and they put something in it like nicotine which addicts you to it or something like that. I think the <laughs> dumbest thing that I think I probably ever said to somebody that smoked a lot of weed and like high school this is like freshman year of high school i said something like yo you get addicted to weed and this girl looked at me she was like you're a fucking idiot you don't get addicted <laughs> to weed you s- smart ass and it was like you know so i felt kind of dumb but uh, uh but yeah no but like so i guess my question is though and i guess what a lot of people have kind of been wondering is why has it taken the medical industry or the government if you will mm-hmm. so long for any part of them mm-hmm. i mean mo- most of them it's the the liberal party that that supports this and everything yeah, but the for sure. uh but i guess what in your opinion is the reason why it has taken this long for this to even be remotely accepted and it it, mm-hmm. it it truly has all these benefits mm-hmm. but but why why has this been ignored for so long and why has it been demonized it's such a bad thing in yeah. many ways it's like yeah yeah well history and you can look this up cannabis has been around for years up until 19, 1937 mm-hmm. um cannabis was used to kill 120 illnesses and at that point that's when the, the government got involved and was like they demonized it and <laughs> they made this out to be this bad drug. There was a movie that came out called Reefer Madness that depicted people using cannabis um, and they were, you know, raping and killing people. And that was like in the early uh, 1940s and 1950s, I believe. So that kind of they 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 use these things as propaganda in a way to kind of um, make it look like the bad guy in society. And also cannabis at the time was coming from Mexico. So people coming from Mexico were bringing it. And so 
our country being the um, foundation it is, you know. <laughs> the politically correct term. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it did not look favorably upon people coming in from Mexico, immigrants, I should say, you know, who yeah. used cannabis and brought it here. So throw in racism, politics, you know, and this propaganda, it's now become demonized. And it was for a couple of years, you know. You see that now, you know, grandparents, parents, kids can have access to it for medical reasons. You know, um, you know, there was a survey done by uh, CBS. Um, and as of 2019, uh, 65% of Americans support the full legalization of cannabis versus in uh, 20, 2013, it was 45 that's a huge difference um, of approval. And I think that people are becoming more aware of the remedies it can fix and, and um, how much healing it, it has as a plant. Um, so we're, so we, we were at a point where it was widely accepted, then it was shunned, and now we're back to a place where now it's becoming more open and more acceptable to use. So I'm definitely happy with the progress and the evolution. It, you know, it's, it's been going or as as it's been going so um there's only you know going up from here you know i don't i don't think that we'll be in a place again ever again where cannabis will be demonized the way it was um i only see us i only see it being being more accepted as time goes on and now we're seeing you know an international market people in israel are, are using it and studying it people in mexico people in brazil uh, uh um Places like South America and countries down there, like there's markets already set up. So it's becoming a worldwide uh, remedy for people to use. So definitely it's on its way. It's on its way. And before we know, it, hopefully next election, this won't be an issue anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see about that. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> but I have high hopes. Yeah, I do too, man. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's really, it's just amazing to me. I mean, the other thing too, though, is like, I always kind of wondered because I remember like when this was talked about like early when this had initially been talked about, I think I remember because you and I are both old enough to remember, I guess, when it was being talked about as being like acceptable at all, like when this was even put on the table for anybody, for people of all ages to to sit there and talk about mm -hmm. as being uh, being acceptable or not. But I remember in high school, uh, one of my uh, high school administrators said something like, you know, fine everybody says this and that or whatever about it but you know just take it put a tax on it do this or do that or something it's just like you know the government could have yeah. made so much money off of this yes but big pharma is making what well, was making more money with their processed ass pills you know so yeah. um and they were able to push those pills and now we have the opioid crisis you know yeah so it's like it kind of bit them in the ass. You know, they were trying to get Big Pharma out there, get all this science and these processed pills out there, and they did, but now it's backfiring because now we have, like I said, the, the opioid crisis. Now they're using cannabis to fix that, which is so ironic because, you know, they did their best to get rid of us, you know, us, us cannabis users in the plant, and now it's coming to save their problems. Right. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, it's it's funny how all of that works out. Yeah. And, you know, it's just it's it's really strange. I mean, it's mind boggling to me, you know, to a degree. And it's just like, you know, I don't know. And it's just like and, it, and it's just amazing, too, I guess, how far, you know, because you, like I said, you and I are both like, you know, we we're old enough to remember, but we're both we're still young enough, though, to be like, oh, like, wow, we've seen such a rapid change mm -hmm. and everything, even just over the last like five years or yeah. so, because it used to be. 
it used to be there's this thing where like it, it was completely you were considered a criminal if you had it at all. And it was just like, you know, it wouldn't matter how much of it if there was even a bag that was found in your car or something like that. You were taken to jail and it was like, yep. you know, for every point zero five of an ounce, it was like that was two years in prison. Yep. And it's like. Yep. You know, and it's just amazing, too, because like there are so many people, the injustice, I think, in my yeah. opinion, you know, with a lot of people who were just like using this this thing, but weren't even like selling it necessarily, yeah. but they were just using it that were like put away for like 20 years yeah. for just like smoking. What? I'm like, the fuck? Are yeah. you serious? And that's like, a huge component nowadays when it comes to making these laws to, to have cannabis legal is how we're, how are people going to fix the damage is done on people who now have records who are now sitting in jail for years for having a joint in their pocket. So um, there's, you know, grassroots groups trying to make sure that these laws now that are passed include um, remedies for that, you know, um, expunging people's records, you know, making sure that people of color and impact areas get the chance to be in this industry because though they were targeted before, yeah. you know, and put in prison and jail and now it's being legalized and you have these big companies coming in trying to, make mass amounts of money, you know, pretty much big farmers coming in now trying to, you know, be a huge pioneer in this. But it's like, no, you had big pharma, you had your pills and let people who were who have who have been here since day one using and have experience get their fair share or, you know, their pot of, of gold in this industry, you know? Yeah. So Yeah, most definitely. Now, yeah, I guess my my next question would be, have you gotten have you yourself gotten a lot of backlash for you know, wanting to start a cannabis, uh, you know, business because, you know, because typically, I mean, in, in America, it's, you know, the typical thing is like, oh, you know, want to start a business. Oh, I want to start my own financial firm. I want to start my own hedge fund. <laughs> yeah, or something. something conventional. Yeah, yeah, conventional. Yeah. If you were. Or I want to start yeah. my own, my own restaurant or I want to start my own, like my own tech startup company and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, you know, there, it's, it's not that it's like, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I, it's a good thing. But at the same time, like, especially I think when you when you talk to people like the older generation, whether yeah. it's baby boomers or even the generation beyond that, you say they're, they're like, oh, like, you know, it's funny, like, like sometimes like, you know, you could say because I've said this before. I was like, yeah, I said my boy hires back in town. Like we're, you know, we're, you know, he's starting his own business, you know, regarding, uh, you know, or I was or I say he's starting his own business like, oh, like. Having to do with what? And then they're just, I'm just like, oh, cannabis. <laughs> and a lot of them are just kind of like, I don't say anything bad, but it's just, it, it turns into, the, it's like this, this, oh. It's yeah. Like, oh, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and whatnot. <laughs> so like, so tell me about your experiences with that. I mean, have you, have you gotten any backlashes when it comes to that? Kind of like, oh, come on. You know, what the hell is this? And what is America turning into? I mean, you're like. Actually, no, I haven't. No? The only backlash I received that I can <laughs> recall is my dad, who at first, because I told him I was in law school, I was going to think, think about dropping out of law school to pursue this um, or put more time into this. And he was like, what? What about law school? Like, that was the plan. And so then he did his research, his own research about the cannabis industry. And he saw the billions that are coming in. He was like, OK, well, if you need some help, <laughs> let me know. Yeah. So I think for him, it was saying that, OK, this could be a profitable endeavor for my child. Let me support him. You know, let let me support him being a pioneer in this industry that's shunning people like him who are trying to come into this industry so yeah. everyone i've i've told you know from friends to friends parents to people i met on the street like so shocked and but like it's it's a good shock and they have so many questions to ask like oh how'd you get into this like what's the process like like you know like how are you doing this so it's always uh for me a great conversation starter for sure 
yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, most definitely. I mean, well, yeah, I remember that was one of the things I asked. I asked you literally those same questions when you came back, and you know, we finally we had a chance to, to yeah. catch up, at, mm-hmm. like, and God knows how long. But yeah, I remember asking you uh, all of those same questions and uh, and everything. Well, th- I mean, that's good that your your father, you know, he he supports it, yeah, and, and everything because there are a lot of. There are just there are a lot of people or like just a lot of parents that I guess like they don't support it or mm-hmm. it's just like or it doesn't even have to be specifically about like what the product is. It's the very fact that the child wants to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And they're just kind of like, no, like take it, do do it like this, go the safe route, go to yeah. school, do it. Yeah. And don't get me yeah. wrong. You know, there's nothing wrong with like wanting to go and get a college degree or do no. do something, you know no. what I mean? But at the same time, it's just like like, I don't know, like, you know, I, I also feel like as millennials, like our generation especially, and I, I just got done telling this to my parents the other day, which is we are truly the generation, I think, of entrepreneurs. Yes, of doing, of doing, yes, 110% of yeah, doing. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, honestly, like, it, we're, I think we're, we are a far more passionate generation, mm-hmm. I think, than a- anybody else any or any of the previous generations, if you will, just because I feel like, you know, I, I don't I, I wasn't a, I'm not a baby boomer, so I, I don't I don't know what it was like to grow up in the 60s and in the 70s and in the 80s. And, and, and none of us do, nor the, the previous generation and everything. I guess they had their own set of issues back then that they had to deal with themselves mm-hmm. uh, and everything. Well, like specifically the, the generation of the 1920s, you know, they had to deal with like the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. They had to deal with World War Two. There mm-hmm. were a lot of things that were occupying their time. Mm-hmm. And I guess somewhat the same with the baby boomers, in my opinion. I mean, you know, no disrespect (laughs) to any of the baby boomers that are listening to this, but I feel like the the baby boomers had it to a degree, some of them, not all of them uh, and everything, because there are, of course, minority groups that certainly didn't have it very easily or very easy, if you will. But overall, I feel like they had it a little bit easier. Yeah, they were able to go to college for like little or nothing, buy a home, get a good job, you know society was very different then you know yeah. it was it was set up for them versus now they've done all this stuff and now we have, now our generation has to deal with the the backlash of what you know has been caused or has been created all these years you know climate change being number one i think is one of the biggest Ooh, issues that yeah. we're facing um you know dealing with you know um terrorism i mean in-house terrorism you know in the within our own borders of the u.s yeah you know dealing with that and you know, now we have social media and how that's coming into play there are like a lot of things that those generations weren't or didn't have to deal with and now we do yeah. so i feel like we are the fixer generation i definitely feel like we're the, we are the, the fixers but we but i think it's out of survival because if we don't we could perish essentially you know yeah no i i, I totally agree with you especially yeah like especially when it comes to things like climate change i mean climate change is something like that i read something the other day and i think it was in the 1980s i don't know if it was specifically somebody had approached ronald reagan uh, president reagan about it but i think i think it was him yes somebody kind of did approach him about it and was like if we don't do this or we don't do that this is what's gonna we're gonna see this by 2015 or something like that and i don't know i mean honestly i don't know what exactly what had happened at that time but i think you know just uh, uh, probably just you know president reagan being the the conservative that he was probably was just kind of like eh like and also just having the 
political agenda that he had at that particular moment, which is, well, I'm not going to uh, turn away and not appease the, uh, the some of the manufacturing industry workers yeah. or, or the coal miners, yeah. if you will. Because that was booming at the time. That was bringing yeah. in a lot of tax revenue for them. Yeah. So. Yeah, but and here we are. We seem to be kind of paying for those mistakes yep. and and everything, you know. And it's just, you know, it, it's a real shame. And I just feel like I just feel like the baby boomers, you know, they 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 had it easier in the sense that like the country at that time was very, it was wealthy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the country right now is very wealthy. It's wealthier now than it's ever been before. But are we? We're like what one point seven or six trillion dollars in debt. Like how does that happen? Oh, it's actually yeah. It's well, actually, I think <laughs> it's probably right, going up. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. It's it's actually, if I remember correctly, the the number I believe right now is twenty two trillion. Well, okay, X, well, I was way off. But yeah, yeah. Still. <laughs> yeah, because it, it all started with I mean the Bush Bush Junior's administration. Yeah. It started with that because once the financial cri- the Great Recession happened, it was thirteen trillion dollars that just you know kind of was wiped out and was just added. You mm-hmm. know that became our deficit right there, and then you know it has. I mean it has. It's it's gone up over the past since. See, cannabis can fix all this. Cannabis can do so much for the government, state, and federal. Like the possibilities are endless. Yeah, endless are endless. There's so much opportunity there. Yeah, so much. But yet, you know, it's taking them so long to figure that out. You know, but I I think it's the lack of people in those positions that don't that aren't in the cannabis world that don't know the potential it can have, and. There's not enough time, I think, being dedicated to studying areas where cannabis businesses have come and literally changed an entire city. I know Oakland, for example, um, their crime rate went down when the cannabis industry came to Oakland. Like those dispensaries came there. Crime went down. That's insane because Oakland, obviously, as we all know, is very dangerous and has yeah. been for a while. But to have cannabis come in and lower the crime rate is, in, in my opinion, amazing thing to, to to witness and see so yeah yeah no i i i 100 agree with you i think the other thing too though is it's also just like i guess the very fact that cannabis what what's so different about it i guess is that it does come from the earth mm-hmm. and it is something that you yourself literally on your own can grow yes. like i i myself right now if i really wanted to i mean uh, you know i could just i could get it somehow i don't know how the process goes, <laughs> but i could figure it out i could tell you yeah yeah <laughs> you know what I, mean? I could i could be like yo yo Kai, help me with this bit yo like, you know what I mean? <laughs> whatever and it's like you know i i could literally probably in my room right here in my apartment i could probably yeah. grow it myself somehow and you know i, I could go i could sell it I could do um, or sell it. <laughs> I don't know about selling it. <laughs> um, Is there like a regulation or like, go, or go ahead. T- t- well, I, the- I don't think it's legal in Delaware to sell your own personal grow. Okay. Um, now, obviously on the, um, illegal market you can do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but keyword is illegal yeah. um so but yeah but you could definitely i like i said i don't know the all the laws of delaware but um i'm sure it, it definitely addresses growing your own in your indoors but other states you can grow your own um up to a certain amount indoors for your own personal use like in, like in massachusetts you can you can do that i forget the max amount but you can definitely grow your own indoors without selling it you, you can't sell it but you can grow it and process it yourself for your own personal use yeah so yeah well it's just like yeah and that's the thing you know what I mean? and i think that's what like big pharma and the rest of the big companies some of the you know just the medical industry does not want which they buy like they 
buy and they pay all these politicians and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And they either pass or don't pass legislation mm -hmm. based on what they want because mm -hmm. of all this lobbying and all this mm -hmm. crap that's going on. And I guess my, my point in saying, say, like, not that I ever would sell or anything like that, because I, I have no, like, interest in it personally myself. I mean, the other thing is, too, is I, I don't know enough about it, but it's like, but what I could do, though, is, like, let's just say I have a debilitating, in, uh, if I do have a debilitating in, uh, injury, mm -hmm. what I could do is I could literally, I could make it i could grow it myself and i could consume it somehow myself and i could literally heal and cure myself yep. or ease my own pain yep like right here at home homegrown you yep. know what i mean whereas yep. you know like the way it's traditionally done here in the united states is it's well you go to the doctor you know you what get i mean a prescription yeah you have to get to a pharmacy yeah uh, you yes. have to get all this crap and then you know the the weird unfortunate side effects of some of these pills that are made in a weird lab or something like that that's truly something that's like it's man-made yeah, it's synthetic yeah it's totally synthetic where and i don't think they want that because they want to be able to because then because they nobody else has their number nobody else has their the recipe for this specific mm -hmm. drug so they're like okay we are the manufacturer we put it together we created this mm -hmm. we are the manufacturer of this mm -hmm. and nobody else can have this nobody else can sell this but us mm -hmm. and it's just like it, and and that's what they want you on they want you on whether it's their ibuprofen their advil or something else like that you know what I mean? whereas like you know if you just if you had it you plant the seed you grow it yourself here mm -hmm. and everything you know then it, it takes money away from them yeah. so it's just People yeah. don't have time to like everything you just described, the growing, the planning, the nurturing. That takes time. And yeah. people just want a quick fix, unfortunately. I mean, we're a very spoiled country where we want water. It's right there. We want a pill. It's right there. We want, you know, food. It's right there. You know, it's everything's at our fingertips. It's so easy to get. I think we're so comfortable with that lifestyle that there's not many people who grow their own vegetables and fruit and such because they don't have time. They just don't. They're just so used to being able to go to a store and buy it. And I think that growing your own, whether it be cannabis, fruits, veggies, it's so therapeutic in itself mm -hmm. and it's so much healthier for you too. And uh, even though cannabis offers a lot of healing um, to a person, I think personally think that, you know, diet is very, is very important too. I'm always like, you know, a big proponent of eating right, washing what you eat, like not eating that many processed foods, reading the labels and seeing what's in your food because you don't know where it's coming from, you know, unless you research and read about it, you don't know. And same thing goes for, for cannabis too, you know, for those of you who are listening and do um, use and buy from the, you know, the illegal market or dispensary, make sure you're reading these labels and seeing where your plants are coming from because it's so important to know this information because you're consuming something Yes, it's from the earth, you know, it's a plant, but you're still putting something in your body that, you know, you need to make sure is okay for you. So. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And it, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, earlier today, man, I had... It was weird. I was in the uh, the tech deck, uh, you know, uh, earlier uh, today in uh, Purnell Hall, and it was uh, it was funny. I was just down there. I was working on an assignment, and um, you know, I was feeling a little tired. And I had a friend of mine that came in, and he just he came up to me, and he goes, "Hey, do you want this?" And I was like, "What is it?" And he it was a Starbucks drink. It was a um, it was some tall can Starbucks drink. It was this super it was one of those energy drinks mm, or something okay. like that you know what i mean and i'm not saying that they don't work or do work or i i really don't know to be quite honest with you but um 
But, you know, I just heard a lot of things about those. Like, it's just like, you know, they can lead to certain things, have certain side effects. Yep. So, you know, so he just he just gave it to me. He goes, yeah, this came out of the vending machine and, you know, whatever. Like, you know, it, it was just kind of stuck there. So, I mean, I don't want it here. It's still cold. If you want it, go ahead, have it. And I was like, oh, OK, thanks. So I didn't open it up. I wasn't going to, ha- I, I, you know, but I was just like. I don't know. I was feeling a little tired in a Starbucks. So I'm like, okay, caffeine, energy, here we go, or something like that. So and I'm like looking at this. I'm like, okay. So I mean, me just being like as wary as I am, and I probably look like a weirdo to everybody else like around me because everybody's like looking at me like, why the hell is this guy examining this Starbucks drink? Because <laughs> I like I had it and I like and I and I like turned it around and I looked at the label and I saw something. I was literally googling every single one of the uh, parts of the ingredients or something, and a couple of these things. I'd heard before like my nutrition class and I was like okay it was like there was no possible bad side effects for this but then I looked up something called uh mextodarsin or something or dextotirin or some something like that i don't know and i just some weird on, funny name yeah some, some so weird, long yeah and i just and it was funny and then i just put it on google and take note everybody that whatever the drug is bad for you <laughs> <laughs> and i literally put that in and then it came up as can lead, you know, can, can lead to like, you know, feeling dizzy, feeling t- more tired or feeling And that's like, important that you that you did that because yeah. the more you do that, the more aware you become because these drinks and these foods, they may not show the short term side effects, but long term they can really hit you, you know, really hit you hard. And then by that point, it's like, well, damn, what, what do I do now? Yeah. And you want to obviously avoid getting to that point. Yeah, most definitely. Choose cannabis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most or CBD. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Now, now, that's the other thing, actually. Now, what what is the difference between cannabis and CBD? Well, okay, so the plant is cannabis. Um, CBD is the non-psychoactive portion of that plant, meaning you don't get like a, a, a high from it. THC gives you that high. So they're both found in the cannabis plant. However, CBD, which is uh, the cannabinoid, um, that is the non-psychoactive aspect of it, meaning you don't get a high. You get a more relaxed sensation. Um, THC, the tetrahydrocannabinol, is the psychoactive aspect that gives you the high, that, that, that gives you that appetite feeling, you know, that, that gives you the paranoia sometimes, that, you know, it may. Um, so so that's, the, that's the huge difference. One is psychoactive, one is not. So that's the major difference. And CBD is now legal everywhere. Um, it's unfortunately it's not um, being regulated as it should. So we, I hope that Congress comes up with some ways to kind of regulate this. I mean, even states too, because you can buy CBD anywhere, but sometimes you're buying CBD that's uh, faulty or like fake, synthetic maybe. So you and you got to be careful when you're buying CBD. Make sure you read the labels. Look up certain brands before you just go buy CBD because people think, oh, CBD, oh, I'm going to get like high. No, that's not what's going to happen. You're going to get relaxed if you find good CBD, um, but you're going to you're going to be relaxed and you're not going to get that high feeling. So and I, I actually was at a seminar and a guy has a coffee company where his coffee is infused with CBD. And the point of attack is coffee gives you jitters sometimes throughout, throughout the day, especially when you have more than one cup. So the CBD counteracts that jitter feeling that that uh, you get so it's really cool Ted, that this that cannabis and cbd and thc can interact with other things like caffeine to make the experience on the human body much more pleasurable and much more relaxed so when you have a cup of coffee with with cbd you're still focused just minus the uh, jitters and i would say you're probably more relaxed as well because cbd is like a relaxation thing so 
Right. Okay. Yeah. So I guess I guess in short, it could be you. You would say it's more like it has some of the some of the medical applications, if you will, but like kind of taking out the the high, mm-hmm. if you will. Okay. Yeah. Because I know it, it's it's it was in a liquid form, or, or CBD. I think is in a liquid form, if mm-hmm. you will. Right. Yeah. It's in a very strange liquid form because I actually I had I had some of it recently, or it was a few months ago actually. Like I was kind of sick. And, um, and I, you know, I literally was just like laying there and I'm like, I had a high fear. I actually, I had pneumonia actually. And it was just like, and you know, this person was just like, here, like take this. And I'm like laying there. I'm like, okay. They're like, oh, like open wide. And I was like, okay. And then suddenly boom, it was just kind of like, and I'm like, all I just remember is that it was green and I'm just like, was it like a little, uh, tincture thing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the CBD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was just kind of like, oh, I was like, okay. And I was like wait a minute. I was like, what is that? I was like, what did I just ingest? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and whatnot. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to, uh, to say the least and, uh, and everything. So, but yeah, no, I also wanted to ask you too. And I think a lot of people would be interested, um, in, uh, in hearing this is so like, what are some, what were some of the biggest obstacles that you had to overcome when this was truly, in its infancy, and I guess it's still in its infancy yes, right yes. now. because we're not operating just yet. Yeah. So um, we are applying for a license in New Jersey, hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood. Um, uh, and so we're, we'll be doing that hopefully when they drop the applications, end of this year, beginning of next year. Um, looking at a few properties um, in Jersey. I can't kind of say where exactly, but we're definitely hounding Jersey, uh, more so South Jersey. Um I think the hardest part, honestly, was the name. Really? <laughs> was the name because I couldn't figure out what I was, was going to call it. I mean, I, I have an LLC that is um, similar to the way my name is spelled. But um, initially, we were going to be applying to Massachusetts. So we had to do a DBA. Uh-huh. So I was like, well, what should the DBA be in Massachusetts? And then I got Jean's Wellness. Um, so the name Jean is my godmother's name. Um, she was a cancer... Um, she she had, well, she had cancer uh, when I was like in like I think second or third grade, and she always had this like um she never really like believed in pills and taking pills like, to get better, and so I think she she refused chemo a couple times, um but ultimately she died because she wasn't able to eat she didn't have any energy so she kind of just like perished away, I think had cannabis been available to her, um at that time she she definitely would have taken it and you know who knows what could have happened for her you know could have gave her the appetite back we don't know but i think she definitely would have used it um also one of our chefs his mother's name is gene so that kind of that's cute as well so there's personal ties to 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 the name and then the wellness it's kind of just like we want to promote wellness as far as like mind body and spirit cannabis can definitely help with that um our goal was to manufacture, grow, and dispense cannabis, medical and adult use. Um, but we also want to have a space where we can, like, you know, give tutorials, of uh, give give seminars, educate people on cannabis and how to use it. Um, so that's like kind of like our our concept in a nutshell. Um, the second hardest thing was getting my team. That was the second hardest thing. Um, but luckily enough, I found two great people, and now there's five of us, I believe. Yeah. Five of us, yes. Um, we each have our own separate roles doing different things. Um, we're still growing. We still, we're still trying to add more people to our team. Um, so that was the second hardest part. 
um, I, I think that the third hardest part was believing in myself that I could do it, you know, because when you have an idea, you know, you play it out in your mind like, wow, this could be really awesome. It's going to be really, really great. But that moment may go away tomorrow. <laughs> and for me, it, it it is a battle sometimes, you know, sometimes when I feel like I take 10 steps forward, then I take one step back, kind of take, takes a shot to my confidence sometimes. But, you know, I look back at how far we've come as a team and how much we've grown and how much knowledge we have now versus when we first started back in 2017. And we've, you know, really progressed. And it's just showing me that, um, you know, this is meant to be, you know, just keep pushing and keep fighting and keep putting my hard work into it. And I can make my dream into a reality. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Amen to that. Literally. I mean, and it was just like, and I'll, I'll tell everybody straight up, like, you know, I, I get a lot of inspiration from a lot of different people. A lot, a lot of times it's people like, and don't get me wrong, these are great people to get inspiration yeah. from, whether it's somebody like, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, you know what I mean? Like the energy that he, that he spews over when you're watching that Instagram video or you're watching like- <laughs> Super some, exciting, yeah, super, J- super Joe exciting. Joe Rogan po- podcast or something like that. But uh, but yeah, no, like honestly, yeah, Kyra, that, that what everything you described and everything that I remember we talked about on that, de- that mm-hmm. day when we- caught up when we were over at Kate's was very inspiring uh, to me as well and everything because the other thing too though I mean because everybody works at their own pace but in my opinion and I think a lot of people would say you made a lot of rapper rapid progress and what you know if you really think about it like to a lot of people in a very short amount of time like yeah this was like you two years in the making or something and you already have you're already like where you are right now and i know like the thing is is like you know i mean we all often including yourself you know you beat yourself up a little bit you're like oh well i i really feel like i should be here and i really yes should be uh, i'm the king of that i'm the king of that oh. yeah literally. <laughs> and you know and whatnot but like i mean kudos to you man because you really have i feel like you know, in in my opinion, at least, and like what in a short amount of time you really have been able to like get pretty far with what you want to do, especially given the the stigma, the social stigma that you know the particular industry that you want to get into um, has around it still, yes. in and everything uh, yes. and whatnot. So kudos to you. I mean, because thank you. Yeah, because I I have those issues my myself sometimes. I, I will say as far as like. You know, it's it's weird. It's like one day you believe in yourself, the next day you don't. You know, there's one day you're like you're going like you know you 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 lay in bed at night and you're like, yo, like I did good, I did this, I did that, and you, you know you can't fall asleep because you're so excited. You know what I mean? And you know uh, or whatever, and then you're just like, I'm gonna wake up early in the morning and I'm gonna get started on it again. We're gonna do this. <laughs> and then it's like you know, but then that six thirty rolls around and you're just kind of like, ah, oh, like for some reason you just don't know why. You're just like the fuck happened man (laughs) you know you like you suddenly just like but yeah no i know what you mean but like so so let me ask you something though because when you when you were talking about getting your team together because that's a thing i feel like a lot of people a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs have an issue with Mm -hmm. which is they either just don't have the confidence they don't or they can't just muster up the balls or the guts to go and speak to people Mm -hmm. and kind of put themselves out there and be like hey you or or something because i'm i'm sure you knew some of your team members before yes yes. some of them you didn't and everything so yeah so so like kind of kind of describe that process a little bit as like i guess as to how like the know-how or how exactly you went about that i mean because you're 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 a people person like you Mm -hmm. get along very well 
with pretty much everybody. Thank I've you. always said Thank this. You. Yeah, no problem. Like, but I've always said this about you because you know, I mean, because a lot of people know you. And it's funny, every time we go out and everything like that, it's just like, he knows more people than <laughs> oh I do. Oh my gosh. He hasn't even been in Delaware for like seven years. But it's like, but it's just like, but I'll sit there and I always tell people, because like some people that I introduced you to that are friends of mine are like, yo, like Kyra is such a good dude, man. And, this is it. and I tell them, all, I'm just like, yeah, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just like, yeah. And I, I say, look, like, you know, like he he's really just like the best all around guy. Like, oh, my God. OK, stop it. No, And then I tell him, too, I'm, I'm like, yo, like if he doesn't like you, you did something wrong. <laughs> and it's there are two people. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, but it's like, you know, it's but but yeah. So like, but I guess I, I'm guessing that you probably used a little bit of your charisma that of that, course yeah, <laughs> you but have yeah. to. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing I had to overcome was putting my pride aside and being vulnerable in that way. I mean, this is like my baby, you know, this is like my dream, like right now, my passion, my heart and soul. And to open up to people and kind of like spew how I feel about it and why I want to do this. It was hard at first because I felt like people were going to judge me, you know, laugh at me, say, oh, you're crazy. Oh, you can't do this. But every time I did, I was met with positive reactions and more questions. And how can I help you? Like, I want to be a part of this, you know, so doing that over and over again definitely helped me get more comfortable expressing my ideas and my plans to strangers and more so to people who I want on my team um actually one of the one of the growers I, I met who I'm who I'm working with who you know she hasn't signed on to be on our team officially but she's been working with working with us for some time um I met her at this seminar at a law firm and she stood up and addressed some major issues concerning social equity and social justice and how there's not much space for people of color in this industry. And just seeing her so speak so passionately about it inspired me. So immediately after it was done, I went up to her. And I was like, listen, I have this operation going. Well, I'm trying to get it started. You know, I have this team. It's a really awesome team. I would love to have you on my team. You're so passionate about the cannabis and getting involved in social equity and such. And so it kind of just comes comes natural over time you know um and then i met our finance guy who's in charge of like you know helping us get our, fin our finances together um at a bar and we were talking and you know i just he asked me like oh so like what do you do and i was like oh well right now i'm I i'm in school I, I work here but my passion and my goal right now is to get this uh business off the ground he was oh what kind of business is it and i was like cannabis come to find out he had been doing his own research about the industry and how he can get involved and it just so happened that you know i was looking for someone who had a background in finance and then boom there you go you know i i'm a firm believer in that everything that's meant to be will be and everything happens for a reason mm. um so these things just kind of just happen for a reason you know but it's just it took me putting myself out there and in these spaces and being confident to say hey this is what I'm doing with my life and, you know, and my, and my, my goals on the table, you know, and then you go from there, but you gotta be willing to put yourself out there. Cause if you're not, you won't get anywhere. That's for sure. I, I will definitely say that you cannot be shy to put yourself out there. And it's funny. I keep hearing at these seminars and events that are obviously cannabis focused that you're going to be uncomfortable time and time again. And you truly are. I mean, having to call, these local mayors and local government uh, 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 groups and such and say, hey, my name's Kyer. 
I have this goal in mind. Here's how I can help your town. You know, that takes like, like a lot of courage and it can be uncomfortable because people may not have that reaction like, oh, well, yeah, our town's a welcoming of your business and, and what you want to do. And, you know, you got to be able to face that and you say, hey, you know what? Thank you. But no, thank you. And go on to the next thing. You know, you can't let those little things kind of hinder you from from getting to this next step of where you want to be. You got to keep trying. You have to. And some days you're going to feel like, oh, this is so pointless. This is so much effort for nothing. But like I said, everything that's meant to be will be. And if you put yourself out there and keep yourself focused and hardworking, you will get to where you want to be. Yeah. The universe knows your heart better than you do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. That's for damn sure. Yeah. And you know what? Kind of. Yeah. In regards to what you just said, it's funny. You know, I, I heard this quote very recently, which is, you know, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't mm-hmm. take. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing. Yeah. It's just like if you don't put yourself out there. And, you know, I had I had that issue very recently or just like, you know, not that I, I guess I was afraid a bit of judgment. So I was kind of afraid to put myself out there a little bit. But you know what's funny <clears throat> is it's the very fact that, you know, part of me and I guess a lot of people would probably have expected you to say, oh, like, you know, when you went to people, you were talking about this type of stuff, like, you know, this is what you want to do, mm-hmm. that'll, you know, I guess they're, you know, they would have kind of turned you away and been like, oh, no, that's stupid, which some people would probably say just either out of spite or out of jealousy or yeah. just because they, they don't know enough about it or yeah. something. But it, also the very fact that you were met with such a positive response from. A I mean, I was also in New York where. Yeah. I think most people there use cannabis. It's yeah. <laughs> like, oh, let me so, get off over this. Let exactly. Me, yeah. <laughs> yo, if I can't yeah. be part of this, yo, I'll definitely be a consumer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, let me help you out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let me write that check. But it's like, but you know, but the other thing though, too, though, is just like, but I think like the other like you're you're a very likable person. But the other thing I think too is like when you decided to do all that, people like they themselves probably have some inner ambition mm-hmm. themselves but they mm-hmm. and then they see you you just came right out and you're just like talking about oh like this is like what i want to do and everything and you know you're met with such a positive response i mm-hmm. think because they're just kind of like wow like this person's doing it and, and everything you know what i mean and i think it's weird i think i, I it's so funny sorry sorry you talking just kind of yeah go ahead gave me an aha moment i think the fact that people can read my passion that i believe in myself so much it makes them believe in me even more mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah so I think that's why I've been met with such positive reactions. And, you know, I guess people, you know, wish me well because they, they can see the passion and when I speak about it and what my goals are and, the, you know, the, the future I see for myself in the cannabis world. That it makes them like, wow, I hope this guy can do this and pull this off because yeah. he's so passionate. He can really do this. He has a plan, you know. So mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's part of it. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like, I feel like, like people also, they, they want to see somebody that's so passionate about something because they want to, they, I guess they want to, in, in some ways in their lives, they want to see that same passion yeah. and they want to know that they themselves can have that passion within themselves. Yeah. Like, I know I do that sometimes. I know I do that sometimes whether, you know, I look at you and I see what you're doing and all the great things that you're doing, other entrepreneurs that I know that do really have a business like up off the ground or don't have it up off the ground just yet, but I can see that they're working hard and I can see that they're very passionate about uh, what they're doing. And that's the other thing too, is just like, honestly, like it's, it's passion. Like, you know what I mean? Like one of my biggest thing, one of my biggest fears actually is, you know, I don't fear, a lot of people fear like, oh, like, 
losing my girlfriend or you know yeah. or whatever like <laughs> and don't get me wrong like you know it's just like that I, i'm not trying to shit on anybody or like their their fears or, or what have you but like my biggest fear honestly is like i don't fear things like death I mean, if I were to if I hear that I'm going to die tomorrow somehow, yeah, I'd probably be kind of afraid of that. But it's just like, but it's, I think we all would. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, but but in the long run, when I'm on my deathbed, my my biggest fear will not be okay. I'm about to die tomorrow. No, when I'm on my deathbed, my my biggest fear, honestly, well, I, my, what I would fear, I guess, or what I can say right now is like looking back on my life. Mm-hmm. And sitting there and thinking, do I have any regrets? And that is actually my biggest fear, which is regret, the feeling of regret, Mm -hmm. because you cannot go back because, you know, and don't get me wrong. I love my family. You know, I I love my mom and I love my dad. I owe them pretty much everything. Uh, It was, you know, they, they, they've done a lot for me. They still do. But, you know, my dad was not somebody, my dad's a very smart guy. My dad, honestly, he could have been an entrepreneur. He could have, he probably, he's smart enough. He could have, he could have pulled off something. He could have pulled off something. He probably could have been, you know, easily probably tens of millions of dollars, extremely wealthy. And he probably could have had God knows what and, and whatnot. But at the same time, now he, he doesn't view himself as being unsuccessful by any means. Like he told me the other day, he goes, you know, I view myself as, I think I'm very successful. I said, why? And he goes, well, he goes, you know, I'm definitely not broke. He goes, the other thing too, though, he goes, honestly, I'm happy. He goes, I have your mother, which is my my lovely wife, and I have you and your brother. And he goes, I'm putting you two both through school. Like, I feel like my, my job is done and I feel like I've achieved the success that I have wanted to achieve. But at the same time, though, he didn't, like, like, and he always tells me, cause I always tell him all the time. I'm like, you know, I'm going to be so upset if I reach your age and I look back with some type of regret and I, I didn't do this and I didn't do that and all this <laughs> other stuff and everything. I'm going to be so upset if I, if, 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 if I don't do this and I know I will never, I won't be able to live with myself. And he goes, you know, what you want will change and this, this and that, but you yes. don't, you know, he goes, yes. yeah, he tells me, he goes, but you don't know what, what you'll like this, that or something. And you know, he goes, chances are you'll just be happy. But I'm like, but what if I'm not? You know what I mean? What if I'm not? I don't want to be that age one day and look and not be happy and look back on the age that I am right now. Like I should have done something. I should have done this or I should have done that because you can't rewind time. You know what I mean? You can't suddenly be 20 whatever again and do do whatever it is that, you know, you want to do. Like once yeah. the time is gone, it's gone. You know what I mean? And Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's amazing to me. But, you know, um, yeah, so... But that's good, you know. You, you got a good team uh, together and uh, and everything. So, but the other thing too that I, as you had you had mentioned, um, which is the the social inequity in social equity. Sorry, yes, yeah, social, social equity. Yeah, equity in, in social injustice. Yeah, social injustice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. That that's we'll just we'll be very plain and simple. We'll call it the the social injustice. Uh, nowadays uh, with that, you know, I guess. Now, do you see it a lot in the cannabis industry? I mean, because obviously it's everywhere in in every industry and and whatnot. There's a lot of like minority groups, I guess, that are underrepresented and everything. But like, yeah, what what, what has that, what has that been like for you as a young (laughs) African-American who is also gay? Like, what like what what has your challenge been when it comes to that or like where, where exactly do you oh like, boy yeah everything. because you, you've uh, done very well in and everything but like where where exactly have your challenges been there and i remember you, you were telling me you, you spoke to or you met one of your your now your business partners the li- woman that's on your team right now and uh and everything so like yeah i, I mean i guess kind of take us a little bit 
through that. So, wow, this is like going back, (laughs) like having to think back. Um, I knew that, well, I was always told growing up, society isn't made for you. It's not made for you. It's made for um, the upper echelon, you know, the the lighter skin, the white skin. You know, it's it's made for those individuals. It's not made for you. And you have to work 10 times harder to get to where you want to be because other people have roads paved for them, whereas your road is still in construction and you're the main person building it, you know? So growing up, I always knew I had to be tough and strong and, you know, am- ambitious because if I wasn't, I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't going to get to where I wanted to be. Um, even when, even when I, I thought about going to law school, I knew prepping for that was so important and getting ready for that was so important, you know? And I knew that um, people like me weren't going to be in that space. And sure enough, when I when I got to law school, I was the only African-American male in my section out of like, I say 60 of us. Wow. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the only gay black male in the entire uh, class uh, section. I meant class, excuse me. Um, Cause the class was at night and there was 60 of us. Yeah, I was the only black male and I'm sure the only black gay male in the class. Um, so, and I'm also used to like I'm also used to being a minority in spaces. Growing up, I went to private school, you know, mostly white kids. So I'm I I'm so used to that. And so even in those spaces, you, you still gotta fight harder and like you know study harder and be tougher. Um, when it came to getting into the cannabis industry, it was the same thing. Um, you have these big companies who are backed by rich and powerful people, not of color, um, <laughs> and they are getting their first serve in the in this industry and you know if you're not backed by some billionaire or have millions of dollars in your account you don't really have a place in the in the industry that's why it's so important now people are pushing for social equity and getting people of color uh specifically people who were in prison and jail for marijuana related charges charges in the industry having businesses set up because they deserve it you know i consider those people you know the founders of the now cannabis market, you know, and they deserve all the right to be in that, to be, to be in the industry and making money just like the rest of them do. Yeah. Um, for me specifically, I would say getting my foot in the door to certain spaces is hard. And I'm not saying it's because I'm black, but it's a, it's a part of it. It's a part of me being black, me not having millions of dollars in my account, um, me not having a full stack team of like PhD, you know, graduates and doctors and such. So it's a combination of things, but ask anyone else who's, who's of color in the industry and they'll say, yes, you know, it's definitely much harder for us than it is for somebody, you know, like, um, I don't know, I forget what's it, what's it, what's the actor's name? Um, the one that was in knocked up. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, I, um, I think I know. I know who you're talking about. So um, you and like yeah. yeah so you mm-hmm. have like Martha Stewart now, who's looking into getting to the canvas world. You know, people. I forget the actor's name. Us get on my nerves. Yeah. Um, but people like that. Now it's so easy for them to just jump in, jump right in because you know they have they have the money, they have the name, they have the status. So people like me who are trying to start from nothing and build something, it's much, much harder than top on the fact that I'm black, top on the fact that I'm gay. You know, and we're just now seeing people be more accepting of um, the LGBTQ plus people and individuals in society, even though we still are fighting, you know, for full recognition, for full acceptance, you know, um, it's still a journey, you know, it, it's 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 all a journey. And 
I think was keeping me going and not giving up because I'm faced with opposition based on my race or my sexual orientation is that there are going to be people like me after me who want to do the same thing I'm doing. And if I don't step up and make a way for them, who will, right. you know, who will, mm-hmm. I have a chance right now to do it. So I need, I need to do this and excel and kill it. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I guess the, the other thing I, I want to say is, is like, cause I remember, you know, you and I both, you know, we remember the days when I guess like, you know, like a lot of things, it's amazing though, how things have progressed and how things have, how certain issues have really been brought to light. Oh yeah, for over, sure. Especially nowadays. Yeah. Over the last eh, five years, especially, but I, I will go like five to 10 in, in everything, you know, because I remember, you know, it's it's just strange, you know what I mean? Because I always knew and I, I always did see and I remember growing up and it's just like with uh, specifically like African-Americans, like the culture, the music and everything, the music especially because it was it's and it still is typically they they typically it's rap, hip hop and everything. Yeah, like that's that. that's part of our culture. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just like and I remember. I mean, we can also consider jazz ours, um, some parts of rock ours. Yeah. Um, country. I don't think is. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think is ours. But yeah. Um, Rolling down the street. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think that as as a culture, like black culture definitely influences so many areas of society that and people don't even recognize that or like realize that you know and um i think you're now seeing that now pop culture is essentially becoming what black culture is you know everything that we have in black culture is now becoming pop culture which makes it accessible to everybody whether you're white black spanish indian asian doesn't matter yeah and uh, honestly, I think it's a beautiful thing because, y- you know, I remember growing up and, and one of, you know, one of the things was... It's, sorry to stop you, but it's ahead. it's beautiful when we get recognition for it. That's yeah. when it's beautiful. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with you completely and in, in everything, you know, but it's just like, I just remember being a kid growing up in, in when I was in middle school. Um, and, you know, that was around the time when like hip hop and gangster rap became what you know it was at the time Mm -hmm. and everything you know just like uh or or whatever and you know uh, and honestly it wasn't just african-americans and like people listening and hispanics listening to this type of music and everything they those were the people in the videos that you saw often doing stuff in the videos and everything but everybody was listening to it Mm -hmm. you know like white people included asians now some some of the white kids back then would be like oh i don't listen to that it's like yeah you were you you were all all secret lovers of the of the uh, music yeah exactly (laughs) you know and i mean i was very open about the very fact that you know i was listening to that type of music and everything some people were just kind of like oh why are you listening that some people were just kind of like like nah it's okay like honestly like you know because you're open about that you listen to that music i'll I'll be open that i listen to it listen to it as well but but i just also remember at the time though it was not acceptable in schools though like if you like if you like if if you wanted to hook an aux player or something you wanted to to be curse free had to be kids bop yeah 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 yeah. you know you couldn't you know you couldn't be ripping note you couldn't have 50 cent you couldn't have kanye you couldn't have eminem you couldn't have anything at that that time back then and it was it was uh you know it is just funny how like it it has i guess it has progressed because now you hear it everywhere it's definitely evolved for sure yeah and and i like i said it's becoming pop culture yeah meaning it's being more accepted by the masses 
Yeah. Instead of just one group of society. Yeah. So, yeah, I just that's, remember. That's what it is. Yeah. And I just remember at the time, though, when it was like, it was just, it was completely demonized, if you mm, will, mm-hmm. and, and everything. It was just kind of like, how the, f- could you be listening to all that? Like, this is, it was just kind of like, you know, it, it's, it's music, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's music. The other thing, too, though, I really liked about it is it, it told, it told a story, too. You know what I mean? It told a story about a lot of things, some of the harsh realities that were going on in America. You know what I mean? That are still going on in America. And everybody and anybody can listen to something from 2003 or 2000 or whatever. And, you know, any anything during that time and can, like, you know, relate to something that's in that music and uh, and everything. But I guess I also, I also want to ask you, though, because, you know, the African-American culture, I guess it's, you know, it, it's definitely progressed. And I guess, you know, some people's society, if you will, you know, with it being integrated into pop culture you know whether the recognition is there or not i guess in some way shape or form you could say it is being accepted somehow yes and everything now yes. i do and as you said just a little bit ago i don't think the lgbtq community is truly it's still not fully accepted no. i don't think like i think there was something very recently that said, uh, I, I don't know whether Nancy Pelosi actually passed it or not, or whether it was thrown around in Congress or something like that, that they wanted to extend the Civil Rights Act to LGBTQ. Yes. Yeah, well, uh, that's been that's been the making for, for a couple of years now. Yeah. And, um, and I believe it was kind of at the center of a Supreme Court case involving a baker. Or no 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 not not a baker. Um, it, it it involved a Title IX case that um where an employee was terminated because uh, they were transgender. And so they were trying to have Title IX, I believe, cover that as well, um, of, the, of, the, of the Civil Rights Act, cover that as well. And that was like, you know, the basis for that Supreme Court case. Um, I believe it's still pending. I may be incorrect. I'm a bad gay if I'm if I don't know <laughs> for not knowing. But um, yes, no, no, you're right. And I mean, now we're seeing. I, OK, I would say now we're seeing pop culture embracing more of like the gay and lesbian lifestyle but now we need to embrace trans people because there's they're still fighting for their lives and you know they're being killed you know in crazy 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 like you know situations and it's so sad because it's like it's trans black women who are um being murdered the most um, and I would say women of color who are trans are being, you know, targeted. And it's a huge issue, huge, huge issue. And I don't think there's much protection against them uh, for not against them before them at all. And we're still fighting for that. We're still fighting for that. And we're still fighting for equal pay, obviously, in some places. And we're still fighting for, you know, health benefits for our partners, you know. So we have a long way to go. Um, we are definitely not done yet. And we're going to keep fighting until everything's fair and equal <laughs> yeah most definitely yeah and i guess like you know uh, w- one of the things i guess i wanted to also ask you is um what is more in, in your opinion what is more difficult now is it more i mean because you you are both mm-hmm. but let's just say you both meaning a black and gay yeah, but, yeah okay but, yeah you're you're black and you're gay but like what what in your opinion, if you can make the distinction at all, you might not be able to make the distinction and, and whatnot. But what what in your opinion do people take more issue with mm. now and everything? You know, that's I know that's hard. probably it's a hard that's question. Hard. Um, and uh, and everything. You know, but- I was black before I knew I was gay. Okay. So 
there's it's 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 hard because people of color who identify as LGBTQIA, um, we have that dilemma where it's like, okay, so we're minorities and we're you know gay or lesbian or whatever. So it's like we have a double whammy going on. Um, I would say it depends on the space I'm in. You know, um, if I'm down south, you know, in certain areas, it will be the fact that I am black, and then following that, it could be the fact that I am gay. Um, you know, I know in certain spaces up north, it could be the fact that I'm gay, and you know that's a, that's an issue. I personally haven't had to deal with much discrimination. Um, I've been blessed blessed in, in that way. Um, I know friends and family members who have gone through it, who have been ostracized because of it. Um, I I have a transgender cousin, and I know she struggled with our family and being accepted and being understood, and you know that's a whole thing in itself. But um, I haven't I haven't experienced that luckily, um, but I feel for those who have. You know, I can't imagine being tossed out by my family or you know ostracized from my family because of that because I'm gay. Um, I expect society to take up issue with, with me being black. I do. I just I was I, I was taught that that will always be a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the color the, the color of your skin is a, will always be first thing people see. Then they'll know when they talk to you, get to know that that, that you're gay. Um, so if I had to pick one, I would say people would take issue most with my skin color because the first thing they see, you can't really tell that I'm gay. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> unless I didn't like know. you really talk to me, and then like you know, then you kind of oh okay, he likes guys. <laughs> but when you first see me, you see obviously I'm a brown person, so immediately that could warrant whatever reaction it may warrant. So right, yeah. Yeah. Now, what exactly is hemp now? Because hemp, I've, I've heard of it as like hemp works, they say sometimes. And hemp I'm just works. like, yeah, I've heard of a thing called hemp works. And I'm just like, I, I have no idea what that. Well, like, I know it's somehow related to like some, um, you know, uh, I don't know whether it's a drug or um, something or an it's, industry. Or it's something? hemp is grown for fiber. Okay. So people take it for fiber m- mainly. Uh, okay. um, but gotcha. Um, it can be used for many, many things. I mean, it's so, so many to name. <laughs> Listen, just Google hemp uses and you will see all these that it's used for. Yeah. Um, but it's legal now to grow. And actually, they've been saying that for those who went against to, to the cannabis industry, growing hemp and doing that and like, you know, getting into hemp joints that is a great way to get experience for cannabis when you go for, for when you finally get to go into cannabis and grow and cultivate and dispense all that stuff so um if you if you're looking to get into cannabis and in, in your state and it's not legal there look at hemp and look at how you could you know get a license to grow and process hemp and see, see if there's processes around you that can process the hemp that you grow uh, that's a great way to, to start your journey into cannabis as right. an entrepreneur so yeah absolutely yeah no i guess in one of the um the other questions i i have for you actually is regarding your business and i think a lot of people it's it's not just you know people wanting to get into the cannabis industry but anybody trying to get into any industry um are do you fear anything in the future as far as the government or any type of regulation or a big business or pharma if you will and I guess by definition, maybe you are, I'm not sure, but like this, uh, them completely cracking down, I guess, and like, um, I guess somehow creating a barrier to entry or stopping you as a, just like, an, as an entrepreneur, like a small, like an entrepreneur, like do, doing and growing 
your business, if you will, like they put some type of regulation around it where you can or you cannot do this, or they put so many regulations to the point where I guess they regulate you out of yeah. like, being able to do your business somehow. And, and well, everything. thankfully, federal law and state law are are very different and can operate in different ways. I mean, like, for example, you have states that have adult use and medical use legal on a state level, but not on the federal level. Um, so thankfully, that can still exist. Um, the federal government could get involved, but according to my research, they're hesitant on getting involved just because they don't have the resources to kind of prosecute all these businesses that are legally operating within those states. Now, if you're doing like, if you're doing a legal operation, then there's a warrant for them to get involved. Um, but I don't see them, I see them legalizing it on the federal level to allow people to cross state lines with it, businesses more so than just like regular people, because there's so you have the east coast and east coast and west coast there's a huge market on the west coast but now you're seeing the east coast kind of blossom and even though we have amazing strands over here there's still so much more on the west coast and right now there's a barrier to getting it from the west coast to the east coast legally so i'm hoping that they address that issue um i i have high hopes that they will you know resolve this issue what i'm worried is that they won't address um the social equity aspect of it and you know for us people who are incarcerated for you know these charges how that's going to go um now then, then then again you know it's very rare to find someone who was persecuted by a federal prosecutor for possession of marijuana it's a state thing um but they definitely have cases where there were major traffic operations yeah. that were federal um operations you know busted by the by the feds i'm not sure how that's going to work out um but I see them ultimately legalizing it. I do. Yeah. And then hopefully from that point, all the states will kind of follow suit um, and set up their programs a proper way to get everyone involved who deserves to be involved in the industry, right. making sure it's regulated properly, making sure people uh, in the labs doing their job and not paying off people to just you know, kind of like get false lab, lab, lab reports. Uh, that That's a huge thing now too. <clears throat> Companies paying off lab personnel to falsify lab reports. Um, so I'm hoping that kind of all gets tackled in the near future with our federal government and our state government too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope so too, man. Most definitely. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I'm a strong believer in capitalism because I believe like capitalism does like it, it pushes things. It gives people the profit motivation, if you will, to want to go and start a business and do things. It can. Although I do believe it does need to be regulated. I believe in like regulated capitalism. Like you can have somebody like take, for example, let's just use this as an example, the federal minimum wage. That's obviously, you know, you have to have a minimum like you can't just pay somebody a penny for whatever you know what i mean mm -hmm. like i do truly believe in market value i, I say this as an economist and, and everything because i'm an economics major here at the university of delaware but at the same time like you know and and i do want to see the minimum wage go up and everything but there does there definitely needs to be like regulated capitalism in and everything you know uh and, and whatnot so yeah hopefully hopefully that does work and like it, it goes through and um and everything so you know but yeah um so i guess yeah because you know when i was growing up you know i i always did see some of the the social 
equities or social equity or social or inequity social, or? social injustice yeah sorry yeah social yeah i was trying to injustice. figure out the yeah, <laughs> yeah some of the yeah there, there were just kids sometimes growing up you know what i mean where they were just kind of like they'd be like oh like you know i think that person's blah 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 and everything and actually you know it's it's it was very strange because growing up and i mean and you, you even kind of said this to, about me the other day which was like you know like I just growing up, I, I a lot of my friends actually in middle school and in high school were like a lot of like minority, you know, friends. I like a lot of the friends that I had growing up were both black and uh, Hispanic and everything. And and sometimes I was like, I was shamed a little bit by some of the kids in my neighborhood who were white. You know what I mean? That like kind of like why why do you like or why do you hang around with them? And everything I was I remember one time there's this I won't say his name this one kid but I, it was on the bus in sixth grade he he really questioned me because I had a crush on a girl who was Hispanic you know what I mean at the time and and everything yeah so it was just like so I you know I've seen like some of the you, and you've seen it too yeah. obviously you know you and and whatnot the some of the social injustices and everything but I just I feel like more so like now especially like you know, the African-American issue, you know, around that, I guess, has it's been something that hasn't been fully solved, but it's been known no. now for so many years. Yes. Like, it's been so apparent now for so many years. But I also feel like more so like now, like the LGBTQ thing is it's a newer issue or it's like maybe not um, totally newer. Yeah. But it's I, I, I wouldn't say it's newer because. Gay people have is, have existed for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I say now that we're becoming more public with ourselves and yeah. saying, "Hey, we're here," that people have to figure out. Okay, we have this 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 group of society. Let's figure out how to make this all work. And you know, we are here to you know definitely provide any input they need. But you know, it's also not it's not up to us to to accommodate their space. You know, we're human. We were born just like they were. You know. Um, Sometimes people feel like it's a it's a chore to accommodate someone like that, whether it be minority or someone who's LGBTQ, um, IA plus, um, and it's not. You know, it's a right that a human right that we have, and um, I think once people realize that, it will make this process a lot easier. You know, when people realize that police brutality is a thing, that Ooh, yes. that that the wealth gap in this country is a thing, that black trans women are being murdered is a thing black women are dying in hospitals is a thing you know like <laughs> i don't want to sound melodramatic but you know my people are under attack you know and, and and we have been and that's out of fear that we'll be bigger and better than the majority yeah you know what you're you're a hundred percent correct you know i just like and that's actually something of a mentor of mine said uh, to me not long ago who actually is a 60 he's how old now wow no he's 69 he's 69 years old is a black man who grew up uh, was born in 1950 you know went through the civil rights movement mm-hmm. it, he was in high school at the time and and everything and I'm, he told me all the stories about uh, the things that happened uh, back at that time and everything but basically what he said was you know in short was he was just like you know the majority is not going to be the majority forever. No, and they're terrified of that. Yeah, they're and, terrified. Yeah, and they see, they see it. 
they see the the growing or the minorities are growing and growing and growing to the point where they're no longer going to be the majority, but they will be the minority. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, and they're terrified of that. Yeah, as you just said, uh, most definitely. So, but what in your opinion is the solution? If you had, the, if there was an immediate solution right now that would solve that social injustice in the country right now, mm-hmm. what would it be? Mm. Like to your mind, what what comes to your mind? What would solve education? That? Okay, education, um, in so many aspects, of education. I would say for one, let's pay our public school teachers more money because they deserve it. Um, let's get better curriculum. Let's get honest cur- curriculum in the schools, not just one that t- caters to the ma- to, to the majority of this country. Um, so from there, let's start with education. Let's go into um, economics and business, and you know, let's let's stop giving uh, African American and Spanish people, or not Spanish, Latin people, um, higher mortgage rates. You know, so that way they can live off their 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 checks, not have to work paycheck or live paycheck. Bleh, can't talk. <laughs> live check to check just to get by. Um, let's address people who want to go to college let's 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 make it more fair let's make it not as fucking expensive as it is you know i have so much student loan debt and you know i obviously i chose that that, that's my choice but there's some people who really want to go to school and they can't because it's too expensive let's fix that let's address um you know climate change let's let's get people scientists um in congress and talking about these issues and creating solutions to these problems, you know, less talking, more doing, I think is the overall solution. Right. I think more doing. Um, so that's, that's my answer. Yeah. More doing. Yeah. That's in your, good. In your own life, in your, in your community, wherever you go, just do and speak up for what's right. I like that. Yeah, most definitely. So, well, there you have it guys that, you know, this is, you know, the, the changing face of business in the United States. So it's been coming, it's still coming, it's going to come. So look out for it. Thank you so much, Kyer, for Thank being on you. the show. Thank you. I had a great time. This was so awesome. Yeah, I know, man. You're my first guest. So you know <laughs> what I mean? yeah, this is, it, it's going to be, it's going to sound great. Yes. I wish you the best of luck with this endeavor. Thank You're you. an amazing talker, amazing friend, and I wish you all the best. He's a great guy, you guys. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, all the time. Don't be shy. <laughs> Thank you, bro. I really appreciate no it. No problem. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll catch you guys next time. See ya.